Welcome to the Center for International and Regional Studies at Georgetown University in Qatar. These podcasts are part of a research initiative titled Building a Legacy, Qatar FIFA World Cup 2022. Welcome everybody to our podcast. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome today Nasser Al-Huri, who is the Director of Programs at Generation Amazing, the legacy program of the Supreme Committee for Delivery and Legacy. Welcome, Nasser. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Daniel. Thank you. Nasser, uh, before we talk about the motivation and the scope of the programs of Generation Amazing, Tell us at the beginning, where is the name Generation Amazing coming from? This is uh, a unique name for a legacy program. Yeah, uh, so I think uh, the name, uh, uh, you know, was a, was a kind of a, a brainstorming uh, a session with the, with the, you know, with the, with the kind of this, the members uh, that were sort of establishing the, at the very early stages of the bid for the World Cup, you know, the, the, the kind of the, 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 the original team, let's say, behind the bid. And uh, it was a conversation and, and a collaboration, I think, between uh, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, team members uh, who were involved uh, with the bid. And I think, um, you know, the idea was, you know, okay, let's, you know, the idea is that, you know, we wanted to do something for we're using football as a tool. Um, and helped, you know, the future generations. And then, you know, the, the generation sort of word, that's sort of where it came from. And then amazing, obviously, is because we were talking about, you know, delivering amazing and expecting amazing. So I think we kind of used amazing as well. Um, so it, it became, you know, generation amazing. So that's how, that's how the name came together. Um, the, I, the idea years ago. Of, of generation amazing is to use football as a development tool and particularly to help disadvantaged communities around the globe. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us more about the international program of Generation Amazing? Uh, what are the criteria to select a prog program in another country? Uh, what's the main focus um, and how do you decide where you uh, promote a project? Sure, thank you. So Generation Amazing is the football for development program. Uh, mainly, like you mentioned, we target refugees and you know vulnerable and disadvantaged uh, youth, you know, globally. Um, you know, we develop football pitches and refurbish existing infrastructure to cr to create a safe uh, space for play and communities. Um, so we, you know, to date we have built and developed over 30 uh, community football pitches across the Middle East and Asia. And, you know, 10 years down the line, now we're, we're also expanding globally. So we have different partnerships uh, um, that I will talk about maybe a bit, uh, later down the line. But we're, we're currently, you know, expanding to different continents as well. Um, so basically, once these uh, pitches have been established, we work uh, to empower new generations of young leaders to transform their communities. And we try to create sustainable football for development programs, which empower youth and participants and you know, the coaches on the ground and the volunteers on the ground as well. So we try to build capacity in those communities. So it's not always Generation Amazing that's there face-to-face -face on a daily basis, delivering the sessions or, you know, working with the youth. Uh, the, the model that we have is the train-the-trainer model, where we um, train coaches on the ground uh, to first ensure sustainability, but also, you know, the, the main um, the reason why we do that is we want to kind of empower uh, the local community and local community leaders um, and build capacity on the ground. So through generation, 
sorry. Yeah. So through the Generation Amazing and, and sort of you know the power of football, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Now uh, you talked about partnerships. So could you tell us about the stakeholders uh, you cooperate with? Yeah. So on 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 a global scale, you know, I'll I'll start with you know global, and then I'll kind of come back to Qatar. But on a global scale, you know, we, one of the sort of most successful partnerships that we launched. Uh, um, you know, two years ago was the club partnerships is what we're calling it. So basically, uh, we de developed um, um, partnerships with different clubs across different uh, continents. Um, you know, AS Roma, for example, is one of our partners. Uh, we partnered with AS Roma uh, and we signed an MOU. And uh, the concept behind the partnership is purely uh, uh, sort of, you know, working on football for development. So... What we do is we uh, support AS Roma on a CSR front. So whenever they want to do a CSR project, they would come back to us. We jointly help them, you know, shape the project or, you know, we support, uh, they support us here as well. Um, so we've developed uh, different uh, uh, partnerships with AS Roma. Uh, during the pandemic, for example, we worked on a, on a, on a COF. Um, you know, we both uh, donated together for the ho hospital in Rome for COVID-19. Obviously, you, you can remember, you know, Rome was kind of the epicenter of a lot of cases in, in, in Italy and Europe as well. I mean, that was kind of Rome was was uh, the, at the beginning of the pandemic was very hardly hit uh, with the with the COVID situation. So we stepped in as, you know, Generation Amazing and Ace Roma and supported the hospital locally with supplies and, and different, you know, needs that... Um, uh, on the ground um, so so that was one area we also work with AS Roma on you know the different uh, community clubs that we have so in Rwanda for example there's plans for obviously due to COVID we haven't had any opportunity to do this yet but we have planned to take some of their players to our community club where they would visit uh, the facilities and spend you know a day on the, on the in the community club uh, with with the youth and to do different activities uh, we also work with other clubs like, you know, PSG, uh, you know, we have uh, Sheffield uh, Leeds uh, United uh, from the UK. We have Kas Eupen from Belgium, which is another interesting club. And with, with, with Eupen specifically, we're working on refugees. And, you know, they came to us with an issue or a challenge that they had a lot of refugees around the club that recently moved into the community, but they weren't integrated socially with, with, the, with the community. So we created a concept called team integration, where we uh, invited the refugees to come to the pitch. And then, you know, we developed a, a, a program for them to play and to kind of learn about football for development. And then Kaz Oipen also brought out some of their top players to teach uh, different skills to the kids and to interact and engage and kind of motivate and inspire. So, and then obviously the refugees and their families were invited to the games and that created like, you know, that was also highlighted in the beginning of the, before any match uh, to the audience as well and, and, the, and the fans in the stadium. So I think, you know, uh, that really was uh, promoting social inclusion, which is one of the main uh, pillars of Generation Amazing that we try to promote as well. Um, we're expanding to other co uh, clubs uh, as well. We're in conversations with uh, Flamengo and, and Brazil as well and uh, a couple of other clubs, uh, obviously. on. Uh, so that's just on a, on a club's level partnership. We also have other partnerships with uh, UN agencies that we've developed over the last, uh, you know, uh, decade, let's say, with uh, UNHCR, with some of the other, you know, uh, UN agencies that are, you know, um, targeting refugees or disadvantaged uh, populations and youth. Uh, we also work closely with 
uh, UNITAR, which is a training agency under the UN, and we're working on a program where we can train some of our youth advocates on um, on basically um, using the SDGs and accelerating actually the development and the achievement of SDGs through sports. Um, so that's another thing that we're doing uh, in parallel. And then also, do we have different, um, let's say, funding partnerships uh, with different agencies like the um, International Federation for Red Cross and Red Crescent, which is kind of the umbrella organization of all the Red Crosses and all the Red Crescents globally. And what we've developed with IFRC and we announced recently is a partnership that will, 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 will run um, for a year. And what we want to do with, with IFRC is basically um, looking at national societies in a couple of countries spread over you know, uh, four continents. Uh, but the idea is that we want to, uh, with IFRC, we developed a, co a hybrid uh, curriculum that will be rolled out uh, through the national societies. And we basically merged our football for development philosophy with the YBCA toolkit that IFRC created, which is uh, Youth for um, Agents of Behavioral Change, which is a kind of curriculum that uh, empowers youth and promotes uh, you know, uh, empowerment and uh, leadership skills in youth uh, that IFRC created. So, you know, jointly with IFRC, we created a very interesting program that will be rolled out in Iraq, uh, Uganda, Myanmar, Argentina. So those are kind of the four countries that we've identified. And the idea is that this could also potentially lead to um, a stage two of a partnership where we expand uh, the list of countries as well. Um, we also have, you know, other conversations with, with a lot of different partners. We work closely on a, on a national scale, on a, on, a, on a stakeholder level. We work closely with uh, Education Above All. We've done a lot of work with Education Above All in Pakistan, where we complemented uh, some of the Education Above All schools with the sports uh, infrastructure and pitches, mainly looking, you know, football. Um, and then in, and we also run programming on the ground uh, with Right to Play and a few other uh, partners from, from uh, Football for Development uh, uh, level. And then we work closely also with, with Qatar Foundation as a strategic partner for our youth festival that we, held, we hold, um, we put together every year in Doha in, 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 the, in the winter, which is coming up actually in, uh, in a, few, a couple of weeks. It's going to be December 2nd to, to the 4th. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting this year because of the, 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 the way that we're organizing it. So it's going to be an online virtual uh, festival instead of a face-to-face, -face, obviously due to the, to the pandemic. But I can talk a little bit more about the festival perhaps yeah, later on. You, you said that uh, uh, Generation Amazing has established uh, 30 community uh, football pitches uh, around the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm particularly grateful uh, having worked over the last 11 years in, in Lebanon for the one in the north of Lebanon uh, and the Badawi mm -hmm. refugee camp. Uh, mm -hmm. So I have witnessed uh, myself in Lebanon many uh, development uh, projects and one issue is always the maintenance. Uh, so once a project has been realized, uh, what's happening afterwards? So, how do you um, guarantee that uh, such a football pitch is not just a bid, but that it's also uh, maintained over a longer period of time? Yeah, so that's, I think, you know, one of the key areas of sustainability that now we're focusing, focusing on. So ideally, you know, initially when, when, the, when the pitches were built, um, there was no... Uh, 
to be to be completely honest, you know, on our side, we didn't really look at this as an issue. I think we, you know, we thought of like maintenance as like uh, annual cost that we have to cover. But I, you know, now looking back at, you know, Generation Amazing becoming a a standalone, you know, uh, entity or foundation post 2022 as a legacy for the World Cup. You know, sustainability is a major uh, pillar that we need to focus on. So what we're doing now is we're going back to these communities, to the 30 pitches, and trying to see how we can maintain and kind of create a sustainable model that in the future, if Generation Amazing walks away, the pitch will be maintained and the programming aspects as well will be maintained, either through a, a local uh, community-based organization or on, a national, you know, or on an international scale, an NGO that comes in and takes over the space. Uh, but this is something that actually is, is it's a very interesting point that you brought up. And this is something that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to also create a, um, we have an interesting model and we're caught, you know, the, with, the, with the Generation Amazing Community Club. We're adding an element of social enterprise into the model because I think that's one of the, one of the ways that we can ensure some uh, revenue generation that can take care of maintenance costs. So you know, over the last couple of months, we've been talking to a couple of partners, uh, football, Love Football, for example, which is a, an NGO based um, in the States. Um, so we're working with them on developing uh, two pilot uh, community clubs, one in the Philippines, one in India. Um, and the idea is that we create a model of uh, social enterprise. So both communities came back to us in the Philippines, for example. Uh, they came with the concept of uh, having a small canteen and a laundry uh, shop that would basically, you know, kind of create some revenue, and then all the money that would be generated would come back into into the into the community club, that would kind of, you know, be allocated to maintenance, to football for development, to you know, materials, etc. So that's kind of the model that we're now looking at on a wider scale with all the 3D pitches that we've built and going back to these communities and introducing this concept yeah. to ensure sustainability. So uh, there we cannot now name all the projects. I mentioned the one in Lebanon. There is another one in Yamurk, uh, a huge Syrian refugee camp in Damascus, in Nepal, in Pakistan, and many others. Uh, what these countries uh, or communities have in common, they are uh, relatively conservative. So uh, how do you ensure that not only boys, but also girls uh, are able to use these facilities? Yeah, that, look, I think, you know, Daniel, thank you for bringing that up. I think one of the main pillars of Generation Amazing is gender equality. And wherever we go, we see that as a very big social issue almost in every community that we're in, to be honest. And I think, you know, football uh, has a magical power to kind of uh, bring people together and promote inclusion at the end of the day and equality. And I think, you know, that's something that we see every day when, we, when, when these programs run in different countries and we have different drills and, and sessions that promote gender equality. So kids, you know, very young kids in, in different communities in India, Nepal, uh, Pakistan, for example, like you said, you know, these are conservative uh, communities and even you know uh, here in Qatar and other countries in the region as well um, what we do is we have sessions that promote gender equality so we have for example we have a, a concept called football three that we follow and uh, it's it's been sort of very interesting to see that you know live I witnessed it last year at the festival and what we do with football three is that the football match is divided into three halves the first half 
um, that the, the youth, both boys and girls, would, would sit down and put the rules of the game together. So, for example, the coaches would say that, you know, we're here to promote gender equality. What can you do and how can you ensure that happens on the pitch? So the boys and girls sit down and they think about how they can make the game as much possible to be sort of, you know, equally uh, 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 split between genders. So one, one example is that, you know, uh, I saw last year is, is, the, is the boys and girls decided that, you know, a, a, girl, a, a ball could not be counted as a goal unless it's passed to a girl, for example, or a girl passes a ball or a, a girl scores the ball at some point during the game. So that was one interesting uh, um, observation. And then, you know, they play. So the second half is that they play the game. The third half, they sit down and with the coaches, they reflect on one, what went right, what went wrong, how they can improve and what gender equality actually means outside the on and off the pitch. So that's a very interesting model. And, you know, gender equality, like I said, is something that we uh, promote in the region and, and kind of, you know, Qatar is, is, has kind of um, been um, a key uh, accelerator to you know the government here you know and everything that's happening with you know gender equality I think we are an example truly in the region of how you know women are empowered and how we have you know so many women and, and various you know leadership roles across the country that are doing amazing work honestly so I think you know that's something that you know the World Cup also uh, and, and the work that we're doing here at the Supreme Committee is reflected and you know, one, one success story that I'll end uh, this topic on is Mahira Ahmed, one of our beneficiaries in Pakistan, who went through our program in 2014 and then decided that she, went, she wanted to start a women's league in her community. And Mahira faced a lot of resistance and, uh, and attacks from community members, especially conservative men in, in that community. And, and she was attacked, her family were attacked. Um, so you know, she continued, she uh, persevered and continued and ran the league and it became very successful and sort of got a lot of visibility from international, uh, internationally as well. And, you know, Mahira last year was recognized by the UNDP office of Pakistan and um, she was recognized at the UNGA in New York and received an award for the work that she did in her community to promote gender equality. Mm -hmm. Now we talked about all the international programs are there also any activities uh, on the local level uh, in Qatar by Generation Amazing? Yeah, so locally, you know, we have a partnership that we established with the Ministry of Education where, where we rolled out uh, football for development uh, training programs for PE teachers uh, across 50 schools in Qatar. Uh, we also work uh, closely with um, QFA, the Qatar Football Association, where we have coaches as volunteers that support us and help us with um, our, you know, own uh, events and, and programming as well. And we have obviously, a, a, you know, a partnership with the Qatar Foundation as well, where we hold our annual youth festival, which we, we, we inaugurated last year during, during the Clubs World Cup, the FIFA Clubs World Cup in December 2019. And the idea is that, you know, the Generation Amazing Youth Festival is going to be an event that we hold on an annual basis. And it runs in parallel with any major sporting event uh, that we, ho we host as a state of Qatar. So I think, you know, it was very successful last year. The idea was obviously that we would do it uh, this year during the Clubs World Cup. But obviously that has been postponed now to February. So we didn't want to lose out and not do anything for our youth uh, advocates and our youth sort of uh, participants in Qatar and the region. So we decided that, you know, we're still going to continue to do the, the Generation Amazing Youth Festival, but it's going to be 
a virtual format this year. We're working with a lot of interesting partners. Uh, we had a call for proposals uh, recently that was um, you know, announced and we have a lot of interesting workshops and proposals by a lot of interesting NGOs and partners and, and different fields, uh, you know, members working in this field as well. So I think that's gonna be a very interesting uh, festival. Please, you know, um, if I, I um, you know, the registration is not yet open, but it will be uh, very soon. And I welcome, you know, all, uh, all parts, you know, all youth between the ages of uh, 16 to 24 to, to, to join this uh, online uh, virtual event. So uh, in two years from now, the World Cup is happening. Uh, research on uh, legacy programs of mega sporting events states that they often stop when the event is over. So what is happening with Generation uh, Amazing starting January 2023? Yeah, so, you know, um, that's, a, that's a very interesting uh, uh, question. Uh, Thank you for that, uh, Daniel. Um, you know, Generation Amazing today, after 10 years, uh, you know, we've been able to reach 500,000 uh, beneficiaries, young people across the world through our Football for Development program and, you know, through the pitches that we've built and the infrastructure and the Football for Development methodology and the coaching programs. And, you know, that's the reason, because we've seen the success and, the, and we've seen these stories of, like, the, the likes of Mahira and many others, we've decided that this is a legacy that we want to continue after the World Cup. So Generation Amazing today is, is, a, is a program under the SC, but the plan for Generation Amazing in the future, and, and hopefully before the tournament, is that we, we, we become recognized as a standalone uh, foundation that promotes sports for development. Mm -hmm. So now leading up to the World Cup, we're focusing on football, obviously, because that's the tournament, but post-2022, we're also thinking about expanding, not just to football, but to sports. Um, so that's sort of the plans. You know, we, we, we're planning to become, you know, a standalone foundation, an entity that, you know, does football for development both locally, internationally, um, on, a, on an international scale as well, to become one of the leading players in sports for development. Yeah. That, that's sort of our plan right now. This sounds great. My last question, Nasser, is um, you are holding degrees from international universities. You are interacting with people from all over the world. So you're also following like the international discussion. So whenever a country like Qatar is doing something good, Western media often use the term sports washing, uh, meaning that all the good is only done to distract from other human rights mm -hmm. issues, for example. So how do you respond to uh, such uh, articles that something like Generation Amazing is serving the purpose of sport washing? Yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, we all know that there's, you know, uh, media that's targeting uh, Qatar and, and kind of, you know, how that's play, being played out and, and what's going on there. But, you know, I don't want to get into the politics side, but I think, you know, one of the things with Generation Amazing is that, you know, okay, if, uh, you know, those critics, um, can look at you know some of the work that we're doing and 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 partners are are talking about. So it's not us that are pushing out these stories. You know we have FIFA almost on a on a on a monthly basis publishing articles and and promoting some of the work that we're doing. We have other organizations and other partners as well. Um, you know that are recognizing the work that we're doing. And there are papers that are being published about the work of and the impact that Generation Amazing has had over the last you know decade and and our on and also our future plans and what we want to do and what we aim you know to achieve as well so i think you know 
um, those critics are obviously, you know, driven by uh, an agenda. And I think, you know, people should be aware of, um, their, you know, to, to kind of make sure that they, um, you know, kind of be better in terms of, you know, um, researching a little bit more and not just, you know, looking at an article and then, you know, being very subjective and, and kind of, you know, uh, 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 believing in, in what they read, everything that they, they, they see on social media. So I think that's one of the, the I mean, that, that that's what I have to say. I think, you know, um, you know, you can look at, you know, the different stories that have been published, not from Generation Amazing, but about Generation Amazing from other partners in other countries. Yes. So, uh, uh, this sounds all great, and thank you for all the work you and your colleagues are doing, Nasser. And if Generation Amazing would transform into a foundation after the World Cup, I think it would set a new standard for a legacy a program uh, of a mega sporting event. So thank you, thank, thank you very much, Nasser, for being with us today, and good luck for your future work. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daniel. It was a pleasure. Thank you.